In the year 1934, Hitler becomes the Fuhrer of Germany. John Dillinger was shot in Chicago. Bonnie and Clyde were ambushed in Louisiana. The St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series. The first quintuplets in the world survived infancy in Canada. Howard University students staged the first sit-in protest of Jim Crow law in Washington, D.C. and the United States officially made Columbus Day a federal holiday during the peak of the Jim Crow era. Now, the second Monday of every October is recognized as Christopher Columbus Day. In elementary school, we learned about the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria, and this courageous, highly skilled sailor who discovered the Americas in 1492. And those facts are things we definitely can't take from them. I'm no sailor, but I can believe you have to have had some kind of intellect and bravery about you to float across the ocean for three months in search of lands you didn't know existed, okay? But that's about it. Learning the history they don't teach us in school can quickly change any civil person's mind about celebrating this man. Learning about him, I understand. He connected the old world to the new one. Kudos. But celebrating? He never even set foot on the United States. What are we celebrating? When Columbus set sail, he initially was looking for a more efficient trade route to Asia, but he ran into a series of islands known today as the Bahamas. The Spanish crown agreed to name him the governor of any lands he discovered, which is funny because he technically didn't discover anything. The land he found had been settled and inhabited by indigenous people for more than 14,000 years. Spain also offered him a 10% cut of all the goods he found, goods that would already belong to someone else again. His love for riches met his passion for exploration in the middle. When he arrived in the Bahamas, he met the Arawak, the natives who lived on the Caribbean islands and Central and South American coasts. They were friendly and willingly traded their food, animals, and spices. Columbus, being the entrepreneur that he was, quickly set his mind on exploiting their kindness as a weakness. These natives also had a lot of jewelry, and Columbus learned that they had something he wanted more than Asian textiles, gold. He asked the natives to take him where they could find the gold, and they brought him to the island of Hispaniola, which is now split into the two countries, Haiti and the Dominican Republic. There he found some gold, but not nearly as much as he had hoped. But by then, he had his sights set on something he believed to be even more valuable than gold, people. Letters that Columbus had sent back to the royal family in Spain document his attitude towards the natives, where he said they were very well built, with very handsome bodies and very good faces. They are very peaceful and naive. They do not carry arms or know how to use them. They should make for good servants. I could conquer the whole of them, with only 50 men and govern them as I please. And eventually that's exactly what he did, but peep this, before they could return to Spain with the first expedition's findings, one of the crew members wrecked the Santa Maria on a coral reef on the coast of Haiti, Christmas Eve of 1942. And Columbus had to sail back to Spain aboard the Nina. The natives there salvaged most of the cargo from the ship and rescued the men. And in spite of this, Columbus still decided to take 25 of the natives as proof of their value to the crown. 
Only seven of those 25 survived the journey and became the first servants to cross the Atlantic. The loss of the Santa Maria forced him to leave about 40 of his men behind though, and they started the first ever European colony in the New World, and they named it La Navidad, which means Christmas. The colony eventually failed though because the natives wised up and plotted against the colony for months, and by the time Columbus returned, the entire colony had been wiped out. Not a single survivor. Spain sent Columbus back to the Caribbean in 1495 for the second time with 1,500 soldiers and 17 ships stocked with enough weapons to fight a war. The sole intent was to conquer the land and the people that lived there. As soon as he landed, he demanded the natives give his men all of their food and gold and told them to offer up their women for sex. They refused and he had the ears and noses cut off of some of the strongest men. The natives shortly rebelled after that, but were crushed by the Europeans' weapons, and Columbus immediately imprisoned over a thousand of the natives, sending 500 of them back to Spain to be used as servants. 200 of that 500 died on the boat on the way. The others were commanded to work for him and his lieutenants across Hispaniola, and as his reach grew, so did the number of people he conquered. Natives were forced to mine the gold of their own land and forfeit all of it to the colonists. They were given daily quotas and sometimes when these quotas weren't met, their hands would be mutilated and worn as necklaces to scare the others into working harder. And it worked. They were also forced to forfeit the crops and animals they were once happy to trade and served meals to their captors that they couldn't eat themselves anymore. Columbus also had the natives converted to Christianity, convincing them that their religion was blasphemy and they would be doomed to hell unless they accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. All the while forcing the women to be sex slaves and raping and killing them if they refused any of those things. Girls as young as nine years old were sold into the sex trade. The Europeans also carried diseases with them like smallpox that the old world had been exposed to for centuries, but were new to the natives of the new world. And over the next few decades, the combination of starvation and Colombian diseases killed anywhere from three to five million natives. This was before the pilgrims even showed up to commit their genocide. Sympathizers for the natives eventually brought the atrocities that Columbus had sanctioned to the crown's attention and he was shipped back to Spain in chains, found guilty and stripped of his governorship. But he was eventually released and was given funding for one last trip to the Americas. He continued to fuck over the natives until he died. The sympathizers eventually lost me too because in the defense of the natives, they advocated for the use of Africans as slaves instead, citing that they were more built and durable and had already built immunities to many old world diseases like smallpox. The discovery of all of this gold in the Caribbean also derailed the gold markets on the African coast, making human exports the number one business option. So Columbus inadvertently caused the, trans the transatlantic slave trade that put Africans in bondage in the following centuries. It's literally all bad, man, but Christopher Columbus is so important here that his holiday closes banks and schools. He gets a holiday just like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. does. 
how in the hell do we honor brutal colonizers and civil rights activists at the same damn time? This question has been raised a lot in recent years and 14 states have even gone so far as to recognize this day as Indigenous Peoples Day to honor the true founders of this land and the lives they had stolen from them. The United States has the fourth highest population of indigenous people in the world with 4.3 million, only 1.5% of our population. This year has seen the highest rate of racism and bigotry in this country that I've seen in my short lifetime and it's fueled by so much ignorance that it scares me. I said all of this to bring some awareness to the origins of some of the issues we face today, like Columbus Day and building oil pipelines over indigenous lands. When things are wrong, they're just wrong. Germans know that the Holocaust was wrong and they don't celebrate it, but you see swastikas everywhere here. The Spaniards know that Columbus's expeditions were more evil than they weren't and they teach it that way. But here, he's a hero in the school books and has a day dedicated to his legacy. And he didn't even set foot on U.S. soil. What's wrong with us? The people of this country have to collectively become smarter and more empathetic if America is ever going to be what it claims to be. The mentality of Christopher Columbus is the same one that the current administration of the White House has. You should go vote and be on the right side of history. I am Kevron Scott McMillan. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Cool Billion Podcast. I hope the universe loves you today. I don't have to go to work because my job is off for Columbus Day. (laughs) Y'all be safe.